0: are listening to Coley Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, praise the Lord. We serve a great, big, wonderful God, don't we? Amen. Amen. I might start some music here with this. I don't know. I'm going going to read from uh, Colossians chapter 1, the first 14 verses. I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation. That way I don't have to translate it for you from King James. Right? This letter is from Paul. Chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae. Who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We always pray for you and give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confidence, your confident hope of what God has reserved in heaven for you. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your life from the day that you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant And he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all His glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking God, The Father, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Heavenly Father, bless your word to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to do a different type of sermon than I usually do. I usually do topical sermons, but today I'm going to do a more expository sermon. So it's more on a, on a, a teaching line, but um, I've had a little bit of time on my hands, so I, I did up a, a, a series of sermons on Colossians in the book of Colossians. And so every chance I get to preach, I'm going to uh, do a different sermon from the book of Colossians until they're all done. How does that sound? Okay. Well, after in- introducing himself and, and greeting the brethren in verses uh, 1 and 2, Paul expressed thanksgiving to God concerning some things about the, about the church. I've entitled this message, A Church with a Good Reputation. We learn some encouraging things about this congregation of Christians. First of all, they were known for their faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Paul says in verse 2, we are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's what we all need to be, faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. And whether you realize it or not, if you are born again, if you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart, you're one of those holy people. Amen? Uh, They were loyal, reliable, trustworthy, Dependable and committed. These are admirable qualities for a person or a church to have. It is evident that Christ had made a difference in their lives. They really trusted in Jesus. and, And trust is key in matters of faith. Just hearing the news of their true faith in Christ was a cause, cause for rejoicing for Paul. And uh, if you go on to, ver, uh, to chapter 2, and verse 5, he ta- still, he's still talking about it, and he says, for though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. When good news about the church takes place, no matter where it's at, we rejoice. I remember when God was moving in a, in a tremendous way in Toronto. It was referred to as the Toronto Blessing. I had to take a trip to Toronto to see what was going on there. I like good news. I like to hear that God is doing something. When God was moving in uh, in uh, Florida, where was what was the name of that place? Lakeland, Florida. Uh, Pastor Lanson and Effie and I took a trip down there because we had to see what God was doing. And uh, and when you see things like that happening, when the Spirit of God is moving, and you realize. They are just a little congregation, just like we we are, and yet God began to move, and they had to move out of the big building and into a big tent. In fact, they had two tents side by side with the side taken out of it so it would make enough room. And we saw God at work there. Now, we didn't just go to see the, the man that was preaching the word. But most of the time, if anyone went to see him, you would have to look hard to see him because most of the time he was flat on his face, praying before the Lord while the service was going on and everybody else was rejoicing. But good news travels and people from all over the world came to Toronto and came to Lakeland and went to Pensacola. Everywhere where God is moving, people rush to see what is happening. And Paul heard this good news, and he was rejoicing because people of God were experiencing all that God had for them. I wonder what kind of a reputation do we have as a church congregation? Every church has a reputation, whether it is good, mediocre, or bad. Do others speak of our faith in Jesus? Do others know that we are a friendly church? Can people see love, acceptance and forgiveness when they come into this place? When a person has fallen, when a person is down in their in their experience with God, when someone has really messed up bad, can they come into this place and experience the love of God? Can they experience love and acceptance from the congregation? Or do they feel like they're not belonging here? They they just don't fit in here. The fact is, but for the grace of God, every one of us could be flat on our face. Every one of us could be up to our our neck in, in muck. But the power of God, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. And that's what makes the difference in our lives. And sometimes you may think, well, I'm not, I, don't, I don't belong in here. I, I'm not good enough to be in here. But if you knew our story if you knew my story, if you knew what I came from, if you knew the things that I did before I became a Christian, and if you knew the struggles that I've had since I've been a Christian, you would feel right at home because God changes lives. Man looks on the outward appearance, the Bible says, but God looks on the heart. The Colossian church was known for their love for all of God's people. Paul said in verse 4 he said for we have heard your faith heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. There is nothing wrong about being known as a church that loves. There's nothing wrong about being known as a love church. Jesus said in In John chapter 13, verse 35, this is how all men will know that you are true Christians. This is how they they will know that you are disciples if you have love one for another. Paul accredited this love to their faith. He said in verse 5, which comes from your confident hope of what Christ has reserved for you in heaven. You have this expectation ever since you first heard the truth about the good news. And it's amazing. It's a spiritual thing that happens within you. And you know that you know that you know. You haven't even read the Bible yet. You, had, you don't even know anything about God. You haven't been to any Bible studies. But you know in your knower that you're born again, that you're washed in the blood, that you're saved from your sins. And so there you have it. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. When you hear the Word of God preached or taught, and you believe, the change takes place fee anyone feels that they lack in these areas, we need to make some changes. The third chapter of Colossians, Paul said in verse 15, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom, all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. To the Lord with thankful hearts. That's why we have a worship service. That's why we rejoice. That's why we clap our hands. That's why we dance because we're happy. We have experienced something from God, something that the Holy Spirit deposits in our heart that makes a difference. You see, if there is no Word of God in your heart, there's no love for God or for others. If there's no relationship, there's certainly not going to be a love church. People are dying spiritually because the Bible is a closed book to them. You cannot know God if you do not know his word. I'll say it again. You cannot know God if you do not know his word. The best that can happen if you don't know the Word of God is that you know something about God, but you don't know Him. It's time to become better acquainted with God. The only place you're going to get acquainted with God is by getting into that book and reading for yourself what God says to you. The Colossian church was preaching the gospel and reaping fruit. Verse 6, Paul says, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your life from the day that you heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. It wasn't only in their lives. It wasn't only in their community. But Paul said it was going out throughout all the world. We have seen the kind of fruit that comes from trusting Jesus, from being born by the gospel. You and I are testimony of the power of God to change lives. You know what you were. You know how you lived. And you know what God has done for you. Oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. This is an old song we used to sing years ago. Oh, what a difference. I cannot tell you why. But oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. Colossians 1, verse 23, he says, But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Folks, regardless of what anyone has told you, go to the Word and find out for yourself. You ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. And if you go out from there and you begin to act and live like the devil, you will go to hell. That's the truth. That's the word of God. You can't live just any old way. You can't just say a prayer and everything is going to be okay. You've got to start living the way that the Bible says you ought to live. So Paul is saying, don't lose faith. Continue in the faith. We need to continue in the faith, in love, in bearing much fruit. You can imagine, you can imagine if they could make such an impact in their world. What impact can we have in our world today? When Paul would write a letter from Rome, it didn't go. It wasn't email. It had to go over land by messengers and across the ocean in boats. Through many hardship and trials before a letter that was written by Paul's hand got into the hands of the Christians in Colossus. And yet, because of their faithfulness, there was something that was taking place in hearts and lives, in every town, and every community, where the gospel went, where people went who had accepted Christ as their Savior. They were sharing their faith, and God was doing miracles in their midst. The reality of it today is this. Every one of us, every one of us could get a website for free and spread the gospel, share our faith on that website, and somebody somewhere would pick it up, would turn on their computer, would get onto that page, and they would find Jesus Christ as their Savior. And hundreds and thousands and thousands of people would come to know Jesus just through that. We have got such technology today that the gospel is spreading so fast, and we can have a part in it. Paul referred to them as hearing and knowing and doing. Those who hear and know the word are properly motivated. To bear fruit. Do you care about the spiritual harvest? Do you rejoice that souls are being saved? Do it thrill your heart if you go out from this place today and you hear that there were 10 people filled with the Holy Spirit or, or born into the family of God in the Baptist church or in the Lutheran church or in the Alliance church today? Do you rejoice that God is bringing people into his kingdom? Why do you give of your time and your talent and your money to the church? Is it not to expand the kingdom of God? Is it not so that others can know and live and experience what you and I experience? Do you pray for God to use you to change and encourage? Encourage the lives of others. Every successful ministry, every successful church has a strong prayer backing. Somebody is praying. When God is moving, it is an answer to prayer. We have a strong peer prayer backing here, but it could be stronger. Our prayer base could be larger. We could have more people gathered together to pray. We could have a lot more people for our pre-service prayer on Sunday morning. And prayer changes things. There's a whole different atmosphere that takes place when God's people get serious with him and call upon him and say, Lord, we need help. We need the moving of your spirit. We need you to do something in our service today. God comes through. In the epistles of Paul, we, he cost, we customary. Find him telling his readers that he prayed for them. Colossians 1:4 to 9, uh, uh, 9 to 14. He said, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then The way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Paul knew the effects of his prayers. He knew what would happen as he and his group prayed for these people. He said, all the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. If we think we know him now, if we would get into the word again, if we would stir up our spirits, our inner man, we would know him much better. We must never forget where our strength comes from. He says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. Living in the light is living in the light of God's Word, living according to what God directs us. And never forget what you have been rescued from. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. You know something? Effie and I do a lot of counseling. and Sometimes there's some very serious things that are shared with us but we are never, ever shocked at what we hear because we know what God rescued us from. We know what God did for us and the change that he made in our lives. And we know the struggle that every Christian has. And we know the power of God to free and to deliver This is what God desires of all Christians, to be filled. Not just a little portion, but a full measure. A complete knowledge of His will. Knowledge is the result of of practical and personal experience. Not just academic or intellectual knowledge, although that's a part of it, but there's much more. Most certainly... We need biblical knowledge. We need to know what God says. James 1.5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Spiritual wisdom and understanding comes through prayer and the Word of God. He will not always answer with a still, small voice. When you pray and you ask for wisdom, you ask for direction. Don't expect him always to answer with a still, small voice in your spirit, in your inner man. Don't expect him to always answer with a dream or a vision. Or for someone to walk up with, to you with a prophecy for you. He do answer in all of these ways, but remember, he has provided 66 books packed with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. It's called the Bible. That's where God speaks to you first and foremost. And you need the Word of God if you want to have success in your Christian walk, if you want to overcome in the trials of life, if you want to be the man of God or the woman of God that God called you to be. You need the Word of God. You need the Bible. You need to read it. You say, I don't understand it. Get an English version. If you're English, get a version that that, that you can understand and read it. You don't have to read it all in one, one slap. You don't have to read it in a week or in a month. You can read it through for a year or two years, a little bit at a time, but it will be just like food for your physical body. It'll be food for your spiritual body, and you will grow. You'll grow stronger, and you'll be more powerful in the kingdom of God. You'll be one that the devil would fear and tremble when he sees you coming. When he see you open your mouth to share your faith with somebody, he would tremble because he would know that soon that's going to be another one lost from his kingdom and transferred into the kingdom of God. So dust off your Bible. It far exceeds human wisdom and understanding. And lastly, they were living a life that honored and pleased God. This will be the result of those who seek wisdom and spiritual understanding. When you seek God in word, in his word, and in prayer, Paul encourages the same for the Ephesian Christians. Ephesians chapter 4 1, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. Our conduct should be one to honor Christ not to shame him. Amen. There is a conduct which displeases Christ. Jesus said in Luke 6:46, "Why do you call me Lord and not do the things I say?" Folks, All he asks of me and all he asks of you, do what I say. He said, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. The things that he has for you and I to do is for our good. He loves us so much, we're his creation. He wants us to succeed but if we ignore the instructions that he gives us in his word, how can we succeed? We're trying a different way. We're not doing it God's way. We're doing it our way. We're doing the way of the world, and it doesn't work. It just gets us in trouble. It drags us down. It causes us to be failures. It causes our marriages to to fail. fail. It causes our families to rebel. It causes every kind of sin and, and, and destruction in our lives. And God says, don't do it that way. I've got a way for you. It's my word. Look into my word. Feed on my word. Enjoy the world that I have created for you. It says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I think I'm gone over here. That's what happens when you get carried away. We Pentecostals call it the anointing. I'm going to conclude this right now. You will notice that although this Christian church had a good reputation, Paul commends them for their faithfulness. He exhorts, his, his exhortation is meant to encourage them to continue in the faith. Too often within our churches, we get a touch from the Lord. We rejoice, and we're all excited, and we're happy. And then summer comes along. We don't go to church. We don't read our Bible, and we don't pray. And we lose out. You know something? Good churches can become entangled with the snares of the evil one. Big churches can be reduced to small churches. And in some cases, to no church at all. Good reputations can be marred by sin. Good reputations can be lost through prayerlessness. Good reputations are lost when the Bible becomes a closed book. Let's not let that happen in our individual lives. Let's not let it happen in the Lord's church. The chorus of a song we sang years gone by echoes this resolve. It goes like this. I'm going to live the way he wants me to live. I'm going to give until there's just no more to give. I'm going to love Love until there's just no more love, because I could never outlove the Lord. If you feel you need to do some business with God today, then the altar is open, and there are people here more than willing to pray with you. You want to stand with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, you are so good. You're so loving and you're so kind. And your word is so in time. I ask today that you would just touch every heart. Fill us with a resolve to be men and women of good reputation. Fill us with a resolve that as a church body of believers, we want to be known as a group of people that loves God, is faithful and committed to your work. Bless us, Lord, with your choices blessing today. As we go to our different homes, Give traveling, high, uh, traveling mercies on the highway. And bless our conversation around our tables. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry.